It's time for the truth. Will you join me in the study of the precious Word of God that we may come to know and come to grow in the Lord Jesus? So glad that you've joined us today. We're in the book of Matthew. We're in the fourth chapter. What a wonderful study we'll have. We've been enjoying the the first uh, two chapters or three chapters of Matthew, and we're going to continue to do so. Matthew chapter 4, we're going to begin reading with the first verse. While you're looking that up, I'd like to share with you that this program is brought to you by the folks at Parkview Bible Church. We're located over in Hamilton, Illinois, at 18th and Church Street. We're just one block north of the Dairy Queen, and I'm the pastor, Larry Mulch. If you'd like to write to us, our mailing address is Parkview Bible Church, Post Office Box 43, Hamilton, Illinois, 62341. If you would like to call us here at the church, 217-847-2717. If you'd like to visit our website, it's www.parkviewbiblechurch.org. That's parkviewbiblechurch.org. And if you'd like to send us an email, parkviewbible at gmail.com or parkviewbiblechurch at gmail.com. Either one would be just fine. Now let's begin the reading of the scripture, Matthew chapter 4, beginning to read with verse 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into a holy city, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, Cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered unto him, said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again the devil taketh him up into an high, exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world, and the glory of them. And said unto him, All these things will I give thee, if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. We're going to end the reading with that 11th verse. We're not going to get much much further than the very first verse today. There's so much to, to, to look at and to enjoy there. So please, just, uh, uh, you know, as we follow through. And let's go to the Lord in prayer before we even start this uh, wonderful study. Father, I thank you for the ability and the opportunity to read your word. We have it before us. We should be studying it, enjoying it, and so pleased that you will guide and lead us through it, because without the leadership of the Holy Spirit, can we learn your precious word and learn more about you and what to do and how to live. And so please, dear Father, just guide and lead us each and every day. And I just ask, Father, that you will will uh, will let us serve you and, and give us the leadership we need each day. Father, the way that we will know your will, know your wisdom, is, Father, if we look to your word and trust the Spirit of God 
as it as it shows us the way. Father, please. Those that are lost, that have not come by faith to you, not that made that wonderful decision, that step, please today be the day of salvation. If, Father, they choose not to, we know that they are condemned already because the only opportunity that any of us have is to come by faith to you and be saved, be born again. Please convict all the hearts and just bring the lost to you, that they can enjoy that salvation, enjoy that peace and joy and wisdom. And, Father, help us that are saved to grow each day closer to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This first verse is um, a, um, and even in the the last couple of verses, we We've got some things here concerning the baptism and concerning the uh, the anointing of the Spirit that we're going to spend some time and, and look at here in the past two verses of Scripture, and then and we're going to back up to Matthew chapter three verse sixteen. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. As we look at those verses of Scripture, even before we find the Lord Jesus being led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted, um, we need to understand that that uh, the disciples, as they were in, in many cases baptized by John, and we know that that as the question would come, is there a difference between John's baptism and and the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit? And the answer is yes. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is when we are immersed in the Spirit. We are saved. We come by faith to the Lord Jesus. The baptism of John was much the same because he called for repentance. So he called for a turning. And then if you have chose the the correct way, you have turned to the Lord Jesus, to the coming Messiah at this time. If you would do that, and if you had done that, why then you would go out and testify of what's taken place in your heart. So you would be baptized. Go down into the water, come up out of the water. The last time we were together, we spent a lot of time talking about the immersion. And whether sprinkling or immersion, whether you're an adult or a child, and and the difference of those two. Uh, The only scriptural baptism, the baptism that the Word of God tells us to do, and that is that after you're saved... So you have to be of the age of accountability. After you're saved, then you need to trust in, you know, you need to trust in Jesus. You're born again. You're saved. Then, and only then, do you follow in baptism, testifying of what's happened in your heart. I'm a changed person because I've been made new by the blood of Christ. And so that's the purpose. And, of course, it is immersion. You go down into the water, and when you're standing there, it pictures your old self. You go down into the water, it pictures you dying with Christ as he died, and then, of course, the wonderful resurrection as you come up out of the water. And you can't do that with sprinkling, and there's no need to do it for a baby because uh, they, they don't know 
about Jesus. They need to make a decision for Jesus. And until you do, you don't need to be baptized. We've got a little bit of an example here, or a question here. Then uh, the uh, why did the disciples get re-baptized? And we'll find that over in Acts. And we'll just kind of look at that a minute and then move forwards. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6. Now, just I'm just going to read it here, and then we'll kind of visit about it a little bit. It uh, came to, uh, it's in a place of Ephesus. Acts 19, 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos uh, was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said to them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Now, We're going to continue here, and um, that's verse 3, verse 4. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came uh, on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now, there is a, a, a time that we find here that is between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between the Old Testament Scriptures and the completion of the New Testament Scriptures so that they had it complete. And so this time period between is a transitional period, and we have many things going on. Now today, the day that you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, the Holy Spirit comes to live within your heart immediately. Because the Lord Jesus had not finished the work back in John's baptism, he had not went to the cross. He had not died on the cross and rose again. And so, and Jesus himself said, I'm going to send the Comforter. Well, the Comforter is the Holy Spirit. So you see, there's, a, there's again, this transitional period in between. And so when the question was, was come, uh, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, we, we don't understand. And so during this transitional period then, Paul laid his hands upon them, and the Holy Ghost came unto them. And so they enjoyed the, the full um, New Testament conversion of being born again, being saved. But they followed in baptism. They were baptized after this time. Uh, they baptized once with John. Was that enough? Yes, it was, because they trusted in Jesus at that time. But now that, that, that this new light had come upon them, they wanted to testify again. Nothing wrong with it. If you go from one church to another 
and and you have been scripturally baptized at a, at a Bible-believing, soul-winning church, but you, you move, and you're moving into another fellowship, another church family, and, and you say, would you please baptize me because I want to testify that I know the Lord Jesus. There's nothing wrong with that. Not one single thing wrong with that. And so it's not necessary because at this point in time, it should be your testimony of the way you walk and the way you talk and the fellowship that you have with other believers and and the the desire to give out the word to the lost and those things. That should be very much present there. But if it, you know, if you desire to, there wouldn't be anything wrong with it. So it, uh, understand that it was not because uh, their baptism was John's that there was a problem there. It's because they had not understood the full importance of their baptism, and now at this time they follow. They should have been filled with the Holy Spirit when they were baptized. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and uh, the, and don't confuse that. In other words, the, the physical baptism doesn't bring the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes when you trust in the Lord Jesus as your soul, as your Lord and Savior. That's when you receive the Holy Spirit. And you must be born again, should be born again before you're baptized, because you must have that new birth. Then and only then can you enjoy that opportunity of salvation. And so please that you look to the Lord Jesus, you trust in the Lord Jesus, and, and then follow him and testify that I am a child of God, and I love my Lord, and I want to testify of that. And baptism is a form of doing that. And so uh, that's. Uh, I hope that that explains. I hope that doesn't make it more complicated for you. But understanding that, uh, well, why they get baptized again, it was just that now they have a full understanding, and they wanted to. And so there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it's not because there was something wrong with John's baptism. It's because they just wanted to, uh, to now, knowing of the Holy Spirit, possessing the Holy Spirit, that they wanted to, uh, to follow in baptism. Now, verse 1 of chapter 4, Then said, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Jesus is now anointed. Now, let's look back up here at verse 16. And Jesus, I'm back in the third chapter. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting up on him. We have, again, the Trinity. We got the Son standing in the water. We have the Holy Spirit coming down, descending like a dove, lighting upon him. And then we have the Father in verse 17, Lo, a voice from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So we have the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right here very, very clearly. We have the anointing of the Spirit. The Lord Jesus at this time starts his ministry. First, the old devil's going to just give him everything he can he can have trying to defeat him and destroy him and so we find that by that uh, uh this uh, this time here 
is, is being led into the wilderness, tempted by the devil. The power and the strength that our Lord and Savior has comes through the anointing of the Spirit. It's hard for us to understand that the Lord Jesus, he's God. Why does he need the Holy Spirit? He needed the Holy Spirit the same reason we need the Holy Spirit. To be led by the Spirit. What's it say here? Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Okay, we need to understand that. We need to look at that and, and, and recognize and realize that our Lord Jesus, he came to this earth, born of a woman. That makes him perfect. That makes him perfect, where you and I are not perfect. And so as we, as we look at that, as we, as we are, are in, the, in the middle of this, understand that our Lord and Savior to perform the miracles that he performed, needed the anointing of the Spirit. We need the anointing of the Spirit. We must have the Holy Spirit in our lives, controlling our lives, that we too may have such power and presence. And the Lord Jesus received the same Holy Spirit that we received. So, how could Jesus do so much and we do so little? It's because the Lord Jesus was born of a woman. He was perfect. Now, we're starting out behind because, because we are cursed. We are, we are in sin. And so we need to understand that, that this... Uh, yeah, the the surrendering, the giving of the of the uh, the the uh, the power and the wisdom that God gives us comes to us through the Spirit. But when our sinful nature fights that Spirit, then it limits to what the Spirit's freedom and what He can do. The Lord Jesus didn't have that. However, He was tempted in every way that you and I were tempted. In every way. So, we have, Jesus is now anointed with the Holy Spirit from heaven. He was anointed to preach the gospel, to heal the brokenhearted, to deliver the captives, to give sight to the blind. And we can enjoy those words back in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, this is Jesus speaking, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and set liberty at liberty them that are bruised. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach. We have that same Holy Spirit. We are set out to preach the Word of God. 
We are not limited in any way as far as us getting less than the Holy Spirit. We receive all of the Holy Spirit. The problem is that we do not surrender our lives because of our sinful flesh. Where the Spirit was able to work fully in and through the Lord Jesus because he was perfect. Perfect man, perfect God, and now anointed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus, from that time on, was led and empowered in every detail by the Holy Spirit, as you and I can be if we surrender. If you come by faith to Jesus and then let the Spirit of God have his perfect will. Before he was a perfect, sinless man, but now he is a spirit filled man. Do not think that the works of Jesus were done with some supernatural power as the creator, the power with which he made the worlds as the Son of God. He had that special power and that strength, but he gave up. He turned his glory over. He didn't bring it with him. And in order to carry out the will of his Father, he needs and needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that is within us. When Christ came to earth, he came as the Son of God. And that's true. But he emptied himself of his glory and took upon him the form of sinful flesh. We can find that in a couple of verses of Scripture here that confirms that. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Romans chapter 8, the third verse. Romans chapter 8, verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, for sin condemns sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's the difference. There's the difference. It was in the likeness of sinful flesh, but he was perfect. You and I stand before a holy God, and we have that same spirit to have that same victory. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. Being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. What a wonderful verse of Scripture. 
Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, humbled himself. What a beautiful verse of Scripture. Please, that you would make note of these. John chapter 14, verse 10. John fourteen ten. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you I speak not of myself, but the Father which dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. What a wonderful promise. Joy, the word of God. As we look in the Greek and the Hebrew, the names both mean anointed one, Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. And that's what we're talking about here in this scripture verse. He is anointed. It, it, the scripture comes straightway. He was baptized out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of descending like a dove and lighting upon him. He was anointed by the Spirit, as we too are anointed by the Spirit the day we come by faith to the Lord Jesus. Please don't miss that. Jesus worked in the power of the Holy Spirit all the way to the cross. It's a joy to know, and we can look back here to John chapter 3, verse 34, that the Holy Spirit was given to him without measure, as it is given to us without measure. John three thirty-four. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. What a, again, beautiful verses of Scripture to look and to understand. Can we perform the, the uh, miracles and live the life that Jesus lived? And the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no, not because we are limited by the Spirit, we're not given the same Spirit or same strength, it's because of our flesh. That's the problem, our flesh. We do not surrender to the will of God, and in turn, the flesh gets the victory, and the Spirit gets set aside. The Holy Spirit is always within our hearts. We need to walk with Him we need to serve him each and every day. Did Jesus exercise in his earthly ministry more power than Christians can? And again, the answer to that is yes, but only because he was not limited by sin as we are. He never grieved the Spirit, he never quenched the Spirit. He always walked in the Spirit. He was perfect vessel, for the Spirit had never had the loss of any power. And whereas when we let sin creep in, then we lose a portion of the power that is given us by the Holy Spirit. 
And so each and every day we need to ask that we can have victory, that our lives can 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 flow with the power of the Holy Spirit and and not be hampered by by the sin that's in our life, which we know exists and will always exist. We start here. I, I wanted to show you that the temptations that he's going to have in chapter 4 are are equal temptations that you and I would have, and we would surrender to most of them. But most of them, he did not. He is a perfect vessel. That's the reason we see such great works. He is God-man. But here on earth, understand that the power that he was given comes through the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that can give us a great victory, even though we limit that victory with sin. Verse 1 of chapter 4, Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The great battle. Ephesians 2.2 The devil's called the prince of the power of the air. 2 Corinthians 4.4 The prince of this world. You want to know why we have so much trouble? 1 John 5.19 The whole world lieth in wickedness. Or another way to say that, in the lap of the wicked one. The devil has many co-workers. Fallen angels. Principalities. Powers. The demons in the spiritual world and the demons on the earth are so great in number. Ephesians 2, 2. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. My dear friend, what are you going to do about Jesus? Jesus. 